Sky Sports Radio, combined with Harness Racing New South Wales, brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning. Welcome to On The Pace on the second day of 2023. Michael Guerin joining you to talk about harness racing, predominantly in New South Wales. Happy New Year to all of our listeners. It's nice to be joining you again in 2023 at a time when it's sort of hard to work out what's going on, isn't it, in the racing world? It's, uh, it's a Monday and it feels like it could be a Wednesday, a Thursday or a Sunday. So we're, we're going day by day here with On The Pace. We haven't had Menangle for around 10 days in New South Wales, our headquarters track. It'll be back tomorrow, but we have had the chance to go to some of the regional tracks or some of the smaller tracks, places like Leeton, where they had their cup last night. We'll talk to Jack Painting later in this half an hour segment about that. We'll get an update from Luke McCarthy on where all the big guns are, because before you know it, we'll be rolling into the Victorian Carnival and then the massive Miracle Mile Carnival coming out of New South Wales. As I mentioned, we've been getting to all sorts of tracks and doing all sorts of things. One of the bigger races we've had recently is the Inner City Pace. It's always a huge event coming out of Maitland. It's worth $30,000, and it was won in good style by a horse who came from the second line. This is three days ago. Feels like a lot longer. And Michael Formosa drove one for the roadie. Good morning to you, Michael. Thank you for joining us. Happy New Year. Yeah, you too, Mick. How are you? Mate, I'm going great. I'm really enjoying life. As I said, like a lot of people, you sort of get up in the morning and think, right, what day is it and where are we racing and what needs to happen next? But let's go back a few days because you drove a horse who I think's probably better than the average horse we see at Maitland Uh for most times of the year. One for the roadie. His heat win was pretty dramatic stuff. He won by 34 metres. Not so dominant in the final, but it's not easy to come from behind a horse like Kobe's Delight on a small track like Maitland and win. So is he a horse, Michael, who we think is going to mature into a Menangle horse? Yeah, I definitely think he's he's got all the makings of a Menangle horse. He's got strength and speed and um that was only his tenth start the other night so <clears throat> to be um sort of winning races like that in your tenth starts is sort of a pretty big deal I think. So look I'm not saying he's gonna, you know, be a grand circuit horse, but I think he's gonna really measure up to sort of metro racing in the future. Michael, he's trained by Andrew Stapleford, who's who's a person we don't hear a lot about on this show because Clearly, we tend to deal with the horses who win the major races. Tell us more about Andrew, because um, we haven't seen him in the big-time winners' circle that often. Yeah, Andrew's stabled here. He was um, uh, just a hobby trainer. He only sort of trains his own horses that he breeds. He's been doing it for quite a while, but he only has, say, a couple in work and you know, only has a handful of runners each year. This is um, definitely his best horse, and he's very switched on. He's... You know, gives the horses 110% of his time and um, he, he doesn't have a lot of runners, but he gets the results for his uh, stable. He obviously owns the horse as well and he bred it. It must be incredibly satisfying for you if you have somebody who who works alongside you to be able to steer their horse to win this race because at $30,000, it doesn't change anybody's life much, Michael, but it's a race that's had an esteemed history and people like 
to win these races like the inner city pace final. It's been going for 60 years because it just means that much more than winning a normal race worth the same amount of money. Yeah, that's right. And especially, you know, in, in this area, like I know myself growing up, you know, the two races you wanted to win were the inner city pace and the Newcastle Cup. So um, yeah, the Newcastle Cup's sort of gone now that they've got the uh, Newcastle Mile, but the inner city pace is sort of still held in very high esteem. And anyone that sort of lives in the Hunter Valley, is it's like a race you really want to win. Michael, when you watch the racing from Maitland, it, it almost feels like racing from the olden days because so many of the major tracks in New South Wales have been upgraded. Is it harder to drive on those smaller tracks where sometimes you've got to drive ugly to win these days because we do so much of our driving on 1,000-metre tracks or, of course, much bigger tracks? Yeah, no, definitely. I always say, like, when you when you go to sort of those country tracks, you sort of have to you have to be a little bit rough and ready and, and drive out of character to be competitive. Otherwise, you, you'll sort of just be left behind. Um, and you sort of sometimes have to drive your horse a little bit differently than you usually would just to get him into the race. What about the future for one for the roadie? We think he could be a Menangle horse. Because he's in form and he's fit, would... Andrew be keen to, to roll the dice and take him there now or, or even really roll the dice and say, let's chuck him in a qualifier or a heat of, of something like a Chariots of Fire? Yeah, we were, we were talking about that. I think we're going to... Um, the Golden Guitar Carnival's on and starts in a couple of weeks. I think that's a, about a $40,000 final and that's sort of for the same class of horse. So probably going to uh, have a go at that and then... Um, see what happens after that but prob- probably more than likely after the Golden Guitar he's probably have a break um, come back to racing around winter time um, at Menangle and then progress on to the Breeders Challenge at the end of the year so um, he's, as I said, he, he's only lightly raced but um, he's, he's too good a horse to um, to just knock around so I think he's sort of come a long way in a, in a short period of time and we're just going to um, yeah we'll just have a go at that because he's he's up and running it's only two weeks away and then probably put him away after that uh, Michael you've driven well over 1200 winners in, in your career and you've driven some very proper horses you've won you know, I think you won a race on Smolder once I think about 10 years ago was that right? Yeah I actually got beat on him oh, got... <laughs> <laughs> well that won't be the last time we talk about that on, uh, on Sky Sport Radio. Um, where do you see your driving career at the moment? Because people who, who follow the Newcastle harness, they see you driving there, but less than you used to. Is it a case now that you tend to only drive either your own horses or or you drive a horse you know, when they're stabled on your property type thing? Is it a case that you're not out there chasing drives like you might have been five years ago? Yeah, I've sort of never been one to chase drives because I've always sort of had enough of my own horses. Um, just the way racing is now, a lot of young people in the sport and, and they drive and, you know, 20, 30 races a week and, you know, they have their concession claims and there's a lot of great young drivers around at the moment and um, the sort of older generation sort of get pushed to the side a little bit. I still love driving, especially in the better races. I actually think I drive better in better races than normal races, maybe just um, at my stage of my career, like 
driving better horses in better races is more exciting than um, you know just going around week to week. So um, that's probably the case. But yeah, I don't drive as much as I used to. I've never really had a lot of drives every year, but been fairly consistent, fairly competitive. Um, uh, my daughter's is driving a little bit now. She's sort of um, working in a galloping stable now in Sydney, so I have to sort of she sort of cut her driving back a little bit, but. Um, no, I, I enjoy it. I probably enjoy the training side of it a bit more now that I'm a little bit older. I get more of a thrill out of training and driving the winner than just driving it. But um, any race is a good race to win, and um, especially when you drive for people you know, it's uh, good to see the excitement in their eyes when you know they win a race. I presume when you head to Newcastle, if you make the occasional venturing to Menangle these days, you would have vastly different music taste to most of the people in the driver's room there. I think the average age in the driver's room at Menangle some nights must be about 25. Yeah, well, I've, I'm 51 now, and I, I, as much as I don't feel it, you know, I sometimes have to tell myself, geez, I'm twice the age of, of these guys I'm um, you know, in the driver's room with, and uh, still feel young at heart, but yeah, I'm uh, definitely a lot older than the, the young guns at the moment. Well, you're only young if you're a harness racing driver at 51, Michael. You've driven some <laughs> wonderful horses, and you drove that horse a peach the other day, and, and the favourite punters like that sort of stuff. You got them home at the 2.8. Not an easy thing to do from the second line at Maitland. Hey, Michael, nice to talk again. Thank you for joining us on the second day of 2023, and we hope it's a successful year ahead for you. Yeah, thanks, Mick. Thanks for having me. Michael Formosa um, won the inner city pace the other day, and good to find out a bit more about the trainer of, uh, of that horse. It's a horse, it's a trainer we haven't heard a lot of. And he's got a pretty nice horse. That's Andrew Stapleford, who owns and bred one for the roadie, winner of the inner city pace and could well be a breeder's challenge horse later in 2023. Luke McCarthy um, joins us now and he's got some big guns in the stable for him and Belinda heading four but I need to ask him this Luke have you ever ever won the any city pace at Maitland you ever been there and won that uh good morning Michael uh yeah won that about four times I think um okay with a few yeah. handy ones yeah it's a, it's a nice race I was gonna say, say Michael Formosa's won one more than you but clearly he hasn't actually because you've won it four times <laughs> and um well, I like going there it's a, it's always a good carnival and yeah, you know, it's a bit of fun, and but we we just didn't have the horse in that category for it this year. Mate, let's talk about 2023 because 2022 was a remarkable season for you. You you won a third Miracle Mile with King of Swing. It was a delayed Miracle Mile. He was retired and had started a very commercial stud career. So that in itself is a, is a huge, huge story. You had a lot of other success as well, but. It ended not on a low, but it ended maybe not on the high you wanted at the Inter-Dominions with expensive ego and spirit of St. Louis. Now you brought the boys home, dusted them off, and thought about what lies ahead in 2023. How are they? Yeah, look, they, they seem really good. I think Lewis, like even looking at his pattern last year, he was, you know, he was good enough through the heats. He won a heat at Bathurst. Um, but was disappointing in the final. Had a freshen up, and then he came out and bounced out of that, and of course went and won Shepherd and Bendigo Ballarat and finished second in the King and Hunter Cup. So you know, perhaps he just doesn't suit the Inner Dominion series. He's, he needs his good week or two between runs, and um, 
you know, he'll he'll race in Sydney next Saturday night, not this Saturday, next Saturday. And Ego seems really good. He, you know, he had a hard series, done all the work and and put in a bad run and just Barry Jaws, you know, made it hard for him, but he's he's back here, he's freshened up well, he'll line up this Saturday night at the Nagel. Okay, so with horses like that, do you let them tell you, with their performances at Menangle over the next two weeks, whether they should go to a Hunter Cup? Or because we only have so many half-million-dollar races, do you sort of have to aim there and make that the aim unless something bad happens? Oh, look, you just you like to aim for all the big races, and you know, they obviously needed to freshen up after the incident, as they did last year, and you know, Lewis bounced out of it very good last year, so... You know, we're happy with them. They're sound and healthy, and look, they'll have a run or two in Sydney, and and hope to aim towards the Diet Cup, Hunter Cup. Okay, expensive ego. Will he be forward enough to win this Saturday? Oh, definitely. His work's really good, and he's um, you know, he, they had a couple easy weeks, but they had so much residual fitness, they didn't take long to sort of school them back up. Luke, with the harness racing season being the calendar year, it means all the horses turned a year older yesterday. By my reckoning, that means Alta Orlando is 11. Now, not many horses are still racing in free-for-all grade at 11. Is he going to continue racing on? Yeah, he's good. He's, he's, um, he'd be ready for a run in a couple of weeks, and he's sound as ever. Before the Dominion, he... He won a 2300 leading and beating a couple of handy ones in Mundurin and you know, good younger free-for-allers. So, you know, I'm sure he's not up to the absolute top level anymore, but, you know, $30,000 Sunday night races, he still earns really good money and then the connections are happy for him to just keep going while he's, while he's there. All right, what else do you have, Luke, for you and Belinda, your, your wife and, of course, our training partner, more or less? What else do you have which could step into that open grade? Not so much maybe going to a Ballarat Cup, which is going to be very strong, but could be a, a Miracle Mile prelude contender. Would, would Agila be Nitro or one of those type of horses be able to turn up there, or do you have something else that's ready to step into that grade? Oh, look, I think we're hoping Ego and Lewis are our top two seeds, but, you know, we've got a lot of the good other free-throwers that are... You know, they're probably just the run below the best ones, but they just make for great money. Max Shard, Jilby Kung Fu, Cash and Flows back at the trials Wednesday. So we've still got a handful of good free-for-allers and we'll be just looking to have them, you know, racing most Saturday nights. Yeah, sorry, Jilby Kung Fu, not Jilby Nitro, as I said before. With Mark Shard, is he a horse who would be better off in the free-for-all on Miracle Mile night than maybe as a Miracle Mile horse? Yeah, look, he'll go around in the sprints, and if he's top two and gets in the Miracle Mile, he, you know, he, he can follow speed. He shows he's up to that level. Um, obviously, buried or dependent, but yeah, he come out one that either Crystal Bohemia or Freefall, whatever you call it, um, last year on Miracle Mile night. So look, yeah, he's just a lovely horse, and he, he keeps keeps making money. A uh, bit of chat over here in New Zealand that um, a very good horse from over this way could be joining you. Um, can we confirm that South Coast Arden could be at Cobbity at some stage? Um, no, um, we haven't heard anything on that, Nick, so um, you're breaking the news there. Oh, put it this way, there's rumours over here, Luke, and uh, that they seem to be from the right people, so who knows, you might be getting a phone call, but... I, I get a funny feeling he might be racing at an angle and I get a funny feeling you might be getting a phone call and him heading your way. 
What do you make of it now that King of Swings retired? What do you make of this open class crop? Because I sort of thought two months ago, Luke Rock and Roll Do was clearly the best of them. I'm not sure he's not. I think copy that's turned into, he's come back to a better version of himself. And I think the Inter-Dominion's confused things more than anything else. Who do you think's the top horse in Australasia at the moment? It's hard to say, Mick. It's sort of like what Rock and Roll do done in Dick Cup. You had to be really high on him, but I think, you know, it's, there's a good even bunch of free-for-allers at the moment, and I'd be more looking at the ones that are about to come on the scene as four-year-olds, like Leap to Fame and Captain Robinson have that duck-to-face X-factor about them. So, you know, it's going to be just some really good racing over the next few months. There's a couple of slot races coming up. Obviously, one is the Eureka, so that's later in the season, and you need to be a specific sort of horse to be involved in that. And what about the slot races? There's one at Cambridge on April the 14th. There's bizarrely a million-dollar slot race the same night in Perth. Are you interested in being involved in either of those? And if you are, and somebody has a slot and they're going to shop around... Would you prefer to go to Cambridge or Perth? I know one's in a different country. It's probably the same time to go to either, but obviously Perth is a different type of racing. Uh, do either one of those, or maybe would you send one horse from the stable to both if you get invited? Yeah, well, hopefully the horses are going good enough that you could have a runner in, in each of them. And, you know, we're not scared to travel them, so you know, just let the horses do the talking. We'll get through these next good races and of course the Miracle Mile and then see where they're at if they're going good enough and they get invited to go to either 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 race where we'd be definitely keen. Mate, you've spent plenty of time in Queensland in your life and uh, it's hitting, the Inter-Dominions are hitting there this year. They also have the Blacks of Fake has been enormously boosted in stake money. Do you think the Inter-Dominion, there's a bit of chat about this, sits best in Queensland? Do you think it's the place where it could maybe find a permanent home or are you comfortable with it bouncing around between the three states? Oh, it's probably good having it go everywhere, I suppose. You know, it's different, different people and fans and you know, like to go and see all the good horses. So I think that's the way it's always been and I don't have a problem with that. But if, you know, I think it needs the money boost to make it prestigious, like you look at all the thoroughbred races and these million dollar, the million dollar dog races, million to the winner. Like if it means it goes to Queensland's new facility and it's worth a million, two million, I think it, that's what's most important for the Dominion to boost its profile. Mate, you're having a spin around at Menangle tomorrow as racing returns to the home track. You're driving uh, a couple for Pete Lasso, Gillaby Dingo is one of them. You're on Classic Major in another race. Uh, I think you're also going around the last race um, with Atomic Atomic Star. Can you drive a winner tomorrow? Well, I haven't even looked, to be honest with you. I, um, I'm, I'm filling in because Hollywood Callaghan's on holiday still, so Russell asked me if I'd go and drive him, but I'll have a look tonight. Mate, you do that. Make sure you do. I'm, I'm glad we told you you're there, so we reminded you. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> happy, uh, happy New Year to you and Belinda. We, we we rely on you guys a lot for these radio shows because you've got so many of the rock star horses uh, at Menangle. Mate, looking forward to seeing you. Um, hopefully, we get a chance to get back from the Miracle Mile this year. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing the whole team there, mate. But thanks for all the help in 2022. And, uh, yeah, good luck for what lies ahead. Thanks, Mick, and Happy New Year to you too.
Yeah, Luke McCarthy, who along with his wife Belinda do a super job with their team, and yeah, maybe a tar time of change. As Luke said, no dominant horse in open class, and maybe the four-year-olds, they won't be stepping into open class straight away. Maybe they'll get their chance before long. So interesting to see how that develops in 2023. We mentioned the fact it's been a busy time for racing in some of the regions and some of the other tracks around New South Wales. One of those was Leeton last night. Everybody loves a cup race. And it was the Leeton Paces Cup last night, won by David Kennedy and Jack Painting, who does some of the training for David and, of course, does all the driving, was successful with Romney. And as I say, good morning to you, Jack, and Happy New Year. It wasn't the most expensive race you've ever won before, but there's something pretty cool about winning any cup. Uh, and last night, that was the Leeton Cup. Yeah, no, Happy New Year to you, um, Mick, as well. Yeah, no, it was, um, yeah, it was a good result last night winning your hometown cup. So, yeah, no, all the owners were there on course, so it was a good night. It's a, it's, it's a funny thing I was talking to Michael Formosa about about 20 minutes ago. A race could be worth twice as much, could be worth 30 grand, but for some reason you give people a metal cup which might be worth a couple of hundred bucks and they seem pretty happy. Yeah, nah, spot on. I think that metal cup held about 22 cans of beer in it last night, so it was, uh, yeah, nah, it was pretty good. Must be a decent-sized cup. <laughs> he's, he's obviously a horse who, as you said, it's the local cup for you guys. Was that the draw card for him? Because he surprised me a little bit. He's actually a horse who who was able to go to Menangle and handle Menangle. Um, obviously, taking him back there, I presume that was for the Cup, and then eventually, I, I presume, he'll head back and do some Menangle racing. Yeah, no, that's right. He's um, had a campaign up in Sydney, and he sort of just um, trained off a bit at the end of that campaign, so we just brought, brought him back home and water-walked him for a couple of weeks and just freshened him up for, yeah, this race was in Morn, and then there's also the... Um, Tamora Cup, the um, June A Cup, and another local cup around here as well. So there was, I think there's about three or four cup races in the next six to seven weeks for him. So we brought him back with them races in Morn. So it was nice to tick one off last night. Must be uh, a great having a Better's Delight for those who don't know Better's Delight, the greatest ever of the Harness Racing Stallions. Because, Jack, you can pretty much do anything to them, can't you? You can line them up, they just eat, they lie down, go to sleep, get up the next morning and go back to work. They're, they're remarkable horses. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. There's um, a couple of the boys that actually own him, the first-time owners, and they asked me last night after the race, what kind of horse is in it? And that was me exact words. I said, the betters, he's a betters delight. You just can't get a better horse than him. They just, they're just absolute gentlemen and tap around the stables. They eat, they drink, they just, they're no, no dramas at all. Mate, uh, tell us about the stable, because you guys obviously have a great record in your part of New South Wales, and we're seeing you turn up more often at Menangle. So what's the plan? Are we going to see... It's a, it's a bloody long trip to town. Are we going to see more horses from the David Kennedy Jack Painting stable turning up at Menangle? Because I believe you guys had a base there for a while. Is that going to be maintained, or how's that going to work? Uh, yeah, so we, we um, stabled up there for about um, eight weeks. We've been home now for about a month, so... Maybe in the future, maybe um, later on down the track, we'll look to do it probably just for another month to two months again around Breeders' Challenge time. But, yeah, for now, we're, we're back home and we'll stay home for a while now and try and build the stable back up to um, to what we had because we sort of had yeah, a nice group of about 10, 10 metro horses, but um, most of them ones have either spelled or we elected to send them to other trainers up there and... Um, get trained up there because, as you said, it's just too big a trip for us to keep going back and forth up the freeway every week. 
with the money being lesser in harness racing than galloping, is it economically viable to, to go park up, at, as you said, at Menangle for six weeks and take time away from your life and stay somewhere or hire an Airbnb or whatever you do? Is it viable to do that knowing that obviously you're not going to be winning $100,000 races every week like you could if you were a very good galloping trainer? Yeah, no, that's right. That's what um, me and Dave, we sat down after it. We, we did have a really good run-up while we are up there, but Dave said if them horses weren't winning, well, it definitely wouldn't have been... Um, good on his pocket so no it's um you got to have the right horses to travel with and um yeah when you're not winning races it's yeah it's hard on the pocket but we got lucky we had the right horses at the right time to be up there and we, we um yeah we had a good run with it at the moment jack it's a case of getting out of bed in the morning and deciding where you're racing next and what direction we have to head in and for the punters it's like well how do we keep up with all this we need your help tomorrow tomorrow night is where you'll be heading next, and you've got a couple of drives there. Have you got a winner for us tomorrow night at Tamora? Um, I'd be lying if I was if I was keen on any mate, or none of them are our own horses. I'm just driving tomorrow night. Um, it doesn't look the best night for me, so I think we could be in trouble finding the pun as a winner there. But um... what about later in the week? Because we, we're not choosy, Jack. We'll take money at any stage of the week. We just need you to. to if you've got one in the next week, you think somewhere people might see it on the fields and go, okay, that was that bloke on the radio the other day. Yeah, no, I've got a mare there. She's been a bit, bit of a tricky one um, to get going, but we've, um, I think we've put our finger on a few problems with her. Her name's Shireen. She'll start on Friday, I think, at Wagger, and I think we've got a pretty much spot on now, so I think she'll be hard to beat. Well, the good news is, Jack, that we have winners. The winners segment on Friday morning, we have a whole bunch of uh, people come on board and I'll be on winners and I've got Shireen there going into my phone so we can tip people on Friday. So if any of your owners want to bet, I would suggest you tell them to back it on Thursday night because we're going we're to be tipping it on Friday. Yeah, no, no worries, mate. I'll do my best for them. <laughs> Jack, uh, mate, well done last night. It would been a lot of fun, I'm sure, uh, to win the Leeton Cup. Well done to you and your owners. And we've all learnt something together today, the Leeton Cup. Uh, can fit 22 cans of beer. Good on you, mate, and uh, good luck for 2023. Yeah, no, all good. Thanks, me. That's Jack Painting. He does a super job, and they, they based themselves, him and David Kennedy, uh, at Menangle, and did a really good job, which is hard coming from the regions to base yourself at Menangle and race there. But they did super well. As you heard, it won't be the last time they do that. Our thanks to Michael Formosa, who won the Inner City Pace three days ago, to Luke McCarthy for giving us an idea of what lies ahead for the open class team. Expensive ego back this Saturday at Menangle the week after. Spirit of St. Louis and Jack Painting for taking out the Leeton Cup last night. We appreciate their time and all the time we get from the harness racing participants um, here on Sky Sport Radio. Brittany Graham will be back uh, at 10.30 on Wednesday morning to talk harness. Do the same thing on Thursday and we'll be back next for the harness winners segment around this time on Friday. As I said earlier, Happy New Year. Good luck if you're having a bet on a Monday here in 2023.